the Apostle Paul specifically said of the signs of the last days when it comes to the sign of the world government's pressing and proclaiming peace and safety. He said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 3, when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as, a, as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. So you and I currently hear the cries for peace and safety all the time. They've been increasing since I started teaching Bible prophecy. They've been around for as long as I've been a Christian, and obviously for centuries before that. But they're ever increasing. But the ultimate cry for peace and safety, remember, the Bible, when it comes to Bible prophecy, uh, in fact, geographically throughout the Bible, it's, it's located in Israel, Jerusalem, the epicenter, then Israel, and then the entire Mideast, which would make up uh, most of the Arab countries around Israel. So that's the center of it. So when you see a cry for peace and safety, finally, ultimately, the, this is Jerusalem is, is what it comes down to, although it does affect the rest of the world. Now, let's think about this. When it comes to the nation of Israel, this is uh, the UN, just also a few days ago, UN agency to release new document equating Israeli occupation to U.S. slavery. I've been to Israel. How many of you have been to Israel before? If you've been to Israel, you know that is the most absurd thing that you can imagine. I mean, you, you, I, I'll get into a couple of things in a, in a few more minutes, but it's just, it's just nuts. I'm, it's like, I'm so sure. It, it, it's ridiculous. In fact, over there, you find that um, Palestinian drivers can be Christian and drive a taxi as long as none of, as long as Hamas doesn't find out they're Christian. You know, if, if they're not, and they're able to drive all around Jerusalem on the Jewish side and on the Palestinian side. It's okay. They're not slaves like U.S. slavery was in, in, in times past. And you look at this, you know, this is just absurd. But the radical Islamists certainly do keep their heavy, heavy, heavy hand uh, on them. So look at that. They want to do that. You know, the, the world is often, especially with the U.N. coming against Israel, but there's been a game changer with Israel because of this guy. So there's this book. I remember when this book came out many years ago, Trump, The Art of the Deal. Um, let me talk about some of this for just a second. Or think about some of this for just a second. So Donald Trump has looked at the problem in Jerusalem and a peace agreement. And he looks at it as the greatest deal to be made. Right? So let's put it into context. Uh, Daniel chapter 9. We know that the Antichrist is going to confirm a covenant, the greatest deal of peace. Now, is Pastor Tom saying Donald Trump is the Antichrist? <laughs> no, I'm not. In fact, when I was on his channel the other day... Um, uh, Barry Stagner had mentioned that the Antichrist, one of his characteristics is flattery. And I said, it's one thing Donald Trump is not as flattery. Have you ever read any of his Twitter stuff? Definitely not flattery. Um, but anyway, so he wants, it's the greatest deal. I've, I'm the deal maker. That's how he's sold himself for decades and, and so forth. When we were in Israel, uh, we're walking around, I was talking with one of my friends who was, uh, is a real estate agent, and I said, look, I said, you see that big plot of land up there, the Temple Mount? You know, you got the wall around it? I said, I tell you what, if you can make a real estate deal for that plot of land, wow, could you imagine who you would be? I said, you'd be the Antichrist. What? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, 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 there you, so there you go, right? So with Trump, here's this. 
April 3, so again, just this past week. Not only Israel, U.S. brings Egypt closer. Wow. Fascinating. This article states the Egyptian leader had found common ground with America's new president from their first, very first conversations during the White House transition period. Sisi was the first Arab leader to call Trump with congratulations on his victory, and they together coordinated against an effort at the U.N. Security Council to condemn Israel for its settlement activity. So uh, Egypt worked with Trump to say the U.N.'s wrong on this Israel stuff. That's fascinating, isn't it? We agree on so many things, Trump said. I just want to let everybody know, in case there was any doubt, that we are very much behind President Al-Sisi. Excuse me. You will find me supporting you very strongly and very earnestly finding a solution to the problem of the century, Trump said to Al-Sisi. The problem of the century. So, uh, so that's what it is viewed at, viewed at and it is... Um, oh, I find it fascinating that what President Trump is doing is he is working with this coalition to bring some of the more moderate Islam countries to work together with Israel in order to uh, bring about the um, art of the deal, to to the the greatest deal ever, the deal of the century. Um, We'll see how this goes. Certainly has your ears up, open, and... Antenna up. Here's the warning. Drudge Report. North Korea. You're next. Navy moving toward peninsula. North Korea. Uh, Missiles. U.S. warships deployed to the Korean peninsula. North Korean missile ranges. I don't know if you can see that from where you're sitting. If you're up close, you can probably see that. But uh, this is kind of a cool thing if you can... Google is from the BBC, and it shows where the missiles from North Korea are known at this point to be able to reach. So you have the inner circle where, where North Korea is, and a little bit bigger circle, then a bigger circle reaching out to Russia, and then you have that other circle on the other side, uh, on the right side. So you look at that, and you go, well, that's kind of a, a fascinating map. Um, but Trump said in a recent interview that Washington was ready to act without Beijing's cooperation. If China is not going to solve North Korea, we will, he said. Wow. So what else? Well, U.S. Navy strike group moved to Korean Peninsula. already showed you that. So here's this expert. Uh, watch to see if Kim Jong-un goes into hiding after Syria strikes. Like, oh, maybe, maybe uh, uh, Trump is, is serious about all of this, right? So you look at this and, and um, kind of wonder what's really going to happen. But what's being deployed by the U.S.? Well, the strike group comprises the Nimitz-class aircraft carrier USS Carl Vinson, two guided missile destroyers and a guided missile cruiser, as well as massive striking power. The carrier group, headed by Admiral Norris Tyson, has the capability to intercept ballistic missiles. It was originally due to make port calls in Australia, but instead has been diverted from Singapore to West Pacific, where it recently conducted exercises with the South Korean uh, Navy. So you look at this, um, again we're reminded, Trump's words, if China is not going to take out, deal with North Korea, we will. What's going to happen with him? We're going to find out. 
I'm thinking he watched what just happened in Syria, which we're not done with talking about yet, and and, uh, that ought to be a big concern. But one of the concerns with North Korea, if you've been following, you know, how missiles work, if you're into the military and things like that, is that they would fire not necessarily a direct attack at the United States ground, but something that's called an EMP, electromagnetic pulse. And it's believed that they have the ability to do it. It's been reported that some of their missile tests have backfired. They've blown up at a certain altitude over the, over the Earth. Well, that certain altitude over the Earth, by some reports I've read, happens to be the altitude that missiles need to blow up in order to bring about an EMP. So what is an electromagnetic pulse, an EMP? Uh, this is just to let you know. Let's say an EMP uh, launched by North Korea goes over uh, Arizona and blows up, you know, way up in the sky, right? doesn't have to come down to Earth. I can't remember how many miles up in there. It's way, way, way up there. What it does, with, it's nuclear, right? You aren't affected by the radiation. What happens is it wipes out all electronic devices on the Earth below. All of them within a certain radius. California would be wiped out. Arizona would be wiped out. Nevada. You get the idea. Colorado, you get the idea, right? New Mexico would just be wiped out. Instantly, you're just sitting there. you got your phone. You're talking to your friend. You wouldn't even know it. All of a sudden, everything goes dead. Now, understand how bad that would be. Um, sewage is driven by pumps that work electronically, right? Water gets to your house through pumps that work electronically. Well, I still have gas for my car, so I can drive. Your, your car's not going to work. Let's say you have an old Volkswagen that's not electronic. And you're saying, well, I have an old Volkswagen that's not electronic. It was... It was built in 1959. Okay? For one thing, you'll be one of the few people that have a car that's running, so somebody's probably going to kill you and take the car. (laughs) Another thing to think about is you're not going to get gas. Gas is delivered, pumped electronically. Trucks, tankers that take the gas from a port to a refinery to your gas station aren't going to be able to do it. Everything we have is electronic, from your phones, to your computers, to your TV, to your refrigerators, to your sewage. Everything is. So imagine sewage isn't being pumped anymore. It's estimated that within 45 days of an EMP, because of America and the way we operate, so dependent upon electronics, that within, uh, within 45 days, I believe something like 50% of the population would die. You want to know it from? Uh, disease, dysentery, all these different bacterial infections and everything that would happen. Not to mention, you're not going to have groceries. There's not going to be groceries that are going to be able to be delivered. Trucks aren't going to be able to deliver them. So you start putting everything together. You go, wow, this is crazy. So uh, military leaders know this type of thing, and and I'm certain that that is part of the thoughts about uh, what is going on behind the scenes with, look, we've got this guy over in North Korea. Listen, that guy's crazy. The crazy people say he's crazy. He's crazy enough just to launch a nuclear missile of anything at anybody just because he's really mad. He might be crazy enough to do it because he thinks, oh yeah, they're coming after me, I'm going to launch everything. I mean, he's that kind of crazy. Make sense? Wars and rumors of wars. 
So what can we know? Things are not falling apart. They are falling into place. Check this out. Barnapol, one sentence. Americans are more confident that the Bible can bring hope to America 70% than the President of the United States, 30%. Um, For me, that's remarkable. Because maybe there's a turning of Americans to say, you know what, 70%, yeah, the Bible does have the answer. The Bible does have the answer. Jesus himself said in Luke 21, when you see these things begin to take place, Look up for your redemption draws near. Amen? Amen. Amen.